This is Irish Illustrated Insider with Tim O'Malley. I'm Tim Priester from Irish Illustrated and Pete Sampson joins us from The Athletic. We will talk a little bit about New Mexico because Notre Dame scored 66 points and there were a lot of highlights, but everybody obviously is pointing to Georgia this weekend. Number three, Georgia against number seven. I assume Notre Dame Correct. stayed at number seven. Uh, in Athens... Uh, in the history of that not mattering, six, seven, or eight, it is this week. <laughs> It's going to change one way or the other. Well, that, right? No, that's <laughs> yeah. very, very much so, no doubt. Uh, yeah, one way or another, that will change probably fairly significantly. But let's let's talk a little bit about the New Mexico game because, you know, I thought, I mean, I thought Chip Long had a very distinct plan to get some players involved offensively that hadn't been involved, and he did a great job of that from Phil Jerkovic throwing a deep ball in the first pass to Braden Lindsey to Avery Davis to Javon McKinley. It was just, it was really exactly the kind of game, other than not stopping the run and not running it well, exactly the kind of run, uh, game that you wanted going into Georgia. Those are are those important? Yes, <laughs> they are. yes. I, I really liked seeing all the new blood, but yeah. I was kind of concerned that the five guys yeah. that are the old guard were yeah. doing what I thought they do. The supporting actor. Performance in My yes. American Cousin was excellent. That was uh, not even yeah. supporting actor, yeah. is it? Yeah, this yeah. is down to uh, yeah. I, I was look. I am positive Chip Long is saving stuff for Georgia, but as we talked about on instant analysis a few minutes ago, you don't save physicality. You don't yeah. save running backs that hit holes hard and run hard, and are they're not saving something. So they have to be better up front. They have to run the ball better. I, th- I thought New Mexico's running backs ran harder than Notre Dame's. Also not a thing you want to say going into the Georgia game. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, you know, one interesting, I'm just putting out this story sort of on like, where Notre Dame has gone from the Georgia game uh, two years two, ago. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to Mike McGlinchey about it, and it, the, the point he made sort of ties into what you guys were saying about saving stuff. He said when they watched tape of Georgia, it was, they had played App State. Right. And he was like, all right, like, we're going to get after these guys. Like, we're going to run for, like, 300 yards. And then after three plays, he was like, holy crap, they're way better <laughs> than I thought. So it's like... I say that in the sense of like Notre Dame rising up and playing better and saving stuff like makes sense. Like that actually happens in games in 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 early season football games. So maybe that will happen, but it's you can't just what Notre Dame has shown through two games. You just can't get past the fact that they would really have to surprise you. To yes. Do, to, yeah. To play well and, and, and win it. Like it's also fair to say Georgia's probably saving a little bit for Notre Dame, and yet they go yeah. out and maul people. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that trickery is a, a a big part of their game plan. I mean, do you think Kirby Smart's like after the game against Arkansas State is like, well, you know what they they weren't going to let us run inside today, and and then we were like, you know what, we're going to run inside anyway. Screw you guys, and then they just ran inside. Well, it, it's true, and we we have a question that's going to deal with that a little bit, and and we don't. I mean, we I understand where Brian Kelly is coming from. But when you have a fairly veteran offensive line playing against New Mexico, they lost their nose tackle, and there were many times, remember, Tim, we're sitting there during the game, it's like, that's not a loaded box, pre-snap. Right, right. That's not a loaded box, that's not a loaded box, and they still wouldn't run with consistency. My concern on that is you cannot get it against New Mexico the first two times you run right into a loaded box on third and one or third and two, but you should have the mentality of we're going to get it. And if you don't get it, you know what happens? New Mexico still doesn't beat you. Right. You're never going to lose the game to New Mexico. You can decide at third and two from the 48, we're going to line up, and we're going to tell you where we're running, and we're going to see if we can get it. Because that's at some point you need that mentality, right? You do. and I, and I, like you Louisville, know, you could have lost the, if you did that all game right, long, yeah. but you there, cannot lose to New there Mexico. There was a lot of pre-snap sliding by the New Mexico, this, the second rung of the defense. They're like, allowed to do that. Right, and they are. <laughs> it's not illegal motion. They can Yes, it's it's not a false start. They can do that. And, I mean, that's part of, like, loading the box late in the process. But come on, man. What, I mean, what are we talking about here exactly? Seriously, what are, I, I what not, are we talking about? I did not about? enjoy the we had to get the ball outside and we were able to do it with Avery Davis and Chris Fink, and that's why those are running plays. I, I mean, it was a good idea, but, I mean, it should complement a running game. Right. No, I thought those were really yeah. smart plays that accounted for the fact that the offensive line in the running game was not good. Um, and we're not we're not discounting. Look, we're looking at this from a football standpoint. We're not discounting that when the opposing defense loads the box, it's more oh, difficult. We, no, right, we, right. we we get that, but it's not impossible. It, it's it's <laughs> not impossible. And there are programs, including the one that Northern is playing this weekend, that as you say, Tim, they're not saying, "Well, geez, Arkansas State's loading the box." 
uh, you know, what, we're going to have to go outside. I, I and DeAndre Swift certainly capable of going <laughs> going outside, outside if they have to. But maybe that's why they don't look box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good to see Lindsey uh, get involved like that. It was it was funny because. One of the writers in the press box put the over-under on five plays before Jerkovic threw a deep ball. Yeah. Who said that? That's good. It, it, was, it was Freeman. It was <laughs> Matt was Freeman. Good. And it was five seconds the first play. And the, and the quarterback and the receiver were alerted ahead of time that, hey, when you get in there, this is what we're going to do. And they executed, and, and that was great. And He you was know, great I, that ball in the spring even when he was struggling. That ball down the post So Avery Davis there. was running 23 miles per hour when I, I thought heard he was talking 21, about Lindsey. I thought he was talking about Lindsey. No, he was talking about yeah. Avery Davis. I've heard of uh, 21 with, I think it was Jafar Armstrong. But Avery Davis was running 20. You know, Davis made that play by motioning hard and taking – now he had plenty of room to run, and he got yes. outside yeah. right away. And there was nothing – I mean, Claypool and Fink were out there, but he didn't even really need them. He just needed to cut back. And he did a great job. I, I said it after the game, I would like to see him run something more conventionally – to see if he can actually pick and choose the you know the proper run fit, but um, I'm, I'm good with the 59. You're good with that one. What do you, yeah. What do you guys think on in this vein carries over? Lindsey being a guy that can come in for five plays, Avery Davis being a guy where you can fake jet sweeps. You don't have to give it to him. You know, he, he obviously you're going to run Avery Davis on either a fake jet sweep or a jet sweep in this game because yeah. you've just shown it. Um, or Javon McKinley being part of the offense. McKinley, I think, is I, I, I would agree, year I agree. number one. Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely agree with that. Look, in fact, McKinley is going to compromise Lindsey's snaps because if he moves to W, then Claypool plays the X, and Fink was already playing the X. I, I, you know, I don't know that we see Lindsey again. Well, I hope you see this him. game. I, I hope you see him because I do. Once you've seen a guy go deep and score a touchdown, I, that you, he should be in the game. So they have, they see him, Georgia. Sure. I mean, he should. Be I in. agree, yeah. but you don't necessarily have plays to to waste, right. so to speak, no, like no, you, you did have... against New Mexico. Exactly, but he, they should definitely see him because he's now a threat. Yeah, can you? I, there's going to be an outcry if he does not run a deep route. Yeah, I mean there Georgia. should be. Yeah, he should I mean, try, yeah that's he should why they should mo- they should bring in Avery Davis and motion it. Yeah, and but then hand the ball to Tony Jones, right. and they should bring in Lindsey and have him run deep, but then throw a crosser underneath the Claypool. That is now all in play because of what right. happened last week. Some of the things that Brian Kelly talked about uh, in the press conference that we just attended. First of all, Cole Komet. I don't think we mentioned it in our instant analysis, but Cole Komet. <laughs> Uh, We've we'll been play. back for so long in our minds, we just forgot. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we were talking about this podcast for like the, the podcast immediately after the week off. Like we were told by people in the group that he will play yeah. against Georgia, so we're just like, all right, we don't need to keep asking about it. Right, but he will not. Well, he may not start. That that was misinterpreted, and I, and I did tweet that out. He didn't say he was going to start. He said he was going to play, and then he clarified later when he got another question about it. But Komet's in play. Um, Brian Kelly was asked about Patterson and the job he's doing. I actually want it. It's it's a it's a crowded press conference now in terms of questions because it's limited to thirty, and some outlets are asking a whole bunch of multiple questions. But I, I actually want to ask whether um, Trevor Rulin might be now that Trevor Rulin is a healthy player. Could would would he be a better option at center in this game? I didn't I didn't get to that. I, maybe not. I think I, unless and Kelly's point was like, look, we're not seeing bad snaps and I think that No, I get, I get that, but you're also seeing not a lot of push and you're you're coming right. up short on third and short. Which so. you're not going to get with Rulin though, I don't think. Like I don't I don't know what about Rulin would make you think like, well, he's going to drive somebody. Uh because he's more aggressive than Patterson. Patterson to me is a is a positional blocker right now, not a not, and I and I know that that's not that's really who Rulin is too. Yeah. I get that, but he's a one's a fifth year senior. The other guy's in the second year in the program and has only played two games. I, not that I expect him to say, "Yeah, we're going to bench Patterson right. before right. we get to Georgia." And not that I expect him to do that, let alone say it. But Nick I Martin was would just be good curious. Yeah, Nick Martin would. Uh, uh, he'd have to take a pay cut though to come <laughs> yes. to come back, and he's making pretty good money. Yeah, now. to play but, an SEC game, maybe not. Um, good things said about Asmar Bilal. We agreed with that. Best game that we've seen him play in a Notre Dame uniform. I would say that that he, he was a lot of the plays he made, having gone over the game, a lot of the plays he made, he was generally unblocked, and he's a good player when he's unblocked. Mm-hmm. It's it's when he when he has a Georgia offensive lineman in his face that that's going to make it difficult for him. But still a breakthrough game for him, something to build upon. Um, a breakthrough couple of weeks for Bo Bauer. Uh, 
who is still behind, of course, Shane Simon is the number two, and Drew White as the, the starting Mike linebacker. But, Pete, you asked about linebackers today. and At some point you want to tighten up that rotation. Yeah. I have a theory. Well, right. I, you, you, but you wouldn't in they're those first two games. Is that your theory? You're no, I, I, I never You wouldn't I never do that in the th- first two games because no. you're still trying to no, find I answers. I, I think what they, how they played the first two games was exactly right. I would, I would have played it exactly the same way. I think on Saturday night at Georgia, you're going to see Drew White and Asmar Vlog at 75, 80%. I, I wonder if Jordan Jenmar Keith gets off the bench. That's my theory. Um, He's the one that has I doubt, played out. I doubt we see Bo Bauer. Who would you Saturday. have the most confidence in coming uh, past those two? I see. That's the <laughs> we all hesitate. Maybe it wouldn't rotate at all. I don't know. I mean, maybe you go back to uh, the Tranquil Coney because I mean, last week was the first time that I can remember since I've charted snaps, and I've only been doing it for a few years. But that it, that no player in the front seven played forty snaps. I mean that's they they should be ready to yes. go. Yeah. Um, just pour yourself into this game. I know if it's if, the, if it's ninety five degrees, then maybe you you got you have yeah, to yeah you may a have bit. to because of that right. But instead of it being, I mean, how many different linebacker combinations did we see? like? I'm Jeremiah Wusukoromoa took a huge step back against New Mexico to me from yeah, where I, he was. Against he was out, he was out in space a lot and he had difficulty with they that. Need, I, I would. But I would stick with those three starters, and I would play them 75 80% of the snaps. Yeah, I had. I stopped when it stopped mattering the second half, but I had Bilal White, Bilal White, Simon White. That's when Moala entered. That might have been planned anyway, not just because of Wusukoro. I would I imagine, a couple it, was. Series, no, I would yeah, imagine yeah. it was. Simon to Mike with Bilal Buck, Bauer, Jen Markeith. Bilal White, Malala, Bilal White, Bilal White, Simon White. Simon Bilal. So, no, of course and Bauer came in late, obviously. Um, the problem with... I, do you trust, I know Pete doesn't, Bo Bauer more than Shane Simon in this particular game when I it's second and I, I mean, I, I, at least you, you you certainly favor his physicality. That's He's what got I was way, saying, He has yeah. way more. He just can't run like Simon, though. That's the other. I, you know, that that was my whole point. <laughs> asking you, who do you have, what saying, really, who do, who do you have confidence in beyond those two? And, I, you know, and the confidence is still shaky and... Bilal and Lamb's yeah, definitely Lamb's in a niche role. I bet. Though. Yeah. Okay. Bet Lamb. He, he did not get in. He did not get any real backup buck snaps. No. Against no. so he came into the very end of the game to play regular linebacker. But there's not the way they played Saturday does not make me think that Lamb is is ready right. to go in that way. So those two will probably um, go, if not the distance, the bulk of it. Uh, again, really strong play from Dalen Hayes. Really strong play from uh, Ade Ogundeji. You know, let's let's talk about. Although, is there there's a question segment too about the pass rush? But I mean, I, they're they're not these team. The first two opponents aren't taking five and seven stop step drops, and the reason they're not doing that is because they've scouted Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's strength is their defensive ends, and so you don't give them time to get to the quarterback. They had six quarterback hurries, which actually is pretty good considering. You know, I mean, that uh, there's not a lot of time to get to the quarterback, at least in these first two games. There's two things I thought I hadn't noticed that Notre Dame was third in pass efficiency defense until it was brought up today, which is partly because their dime is very good, their quarterbacks have to throw quickly, and also because they played two quarterbacks that can't throw forward passes. Yeah, that's they, an issue. They played some pretty bad quarter. Like their dime package Horrid. through two games. That, those horrible are passing quarterbacks. Opposing quarterbacks are. F- uh, Four of 16 for 28 yards and three wow. interceptions. Wow. And they're not dropping dimes in there either. No. Think of the Louisville game. Like, Gilman was beaten on the corner. There was an easy third down conversion, and he throws out a bounce pass. It's And yesterday, I mean, Shuri and Jones had no chance to complete things. He drew some pass interferences. The first one against Pride, Pride's probably used to grabbing the guy at that point in any yeah, route. It's like, like, why is this ball in the air? <laughs> it was just... Uh, Pride was... I thought probably he got mad really. or something after that pass he, interference call. He, he played. I mean, he yeah. really was stuck to their wide receivers. Their passing, um, New Mexico's passing game had no chance. This what I just want to add on the pass rush. One thing that did stand out to me watching the tape, which is sort of a weird dynamic that is totally unique to New Mexico and kind of a throwaway stat, is they they rushed three on seven passing attempts. Which is really kind of bizarre. Yeah. They would just like bring three and then have two guys drop out. So Jones or 
or you know whatever quarterback they had in their game couldn't take off and do anything. So they they weren't even really trying to apply a lot of pressure yeah. on Saturday. It was more just like contain this quarterback because we know he can't throw the ball. Right. And they had to what was he four for thirteen? Or for, I mean yes. they had to. He was worse on TV too. Watching him, yeah. I mean, he really looked like he and couldn't two, do you it. know. Now I'm not that it matters, but now I'm sure that New Mexico goes to Tuiote, and that's the end of that. Uh, now that he's back and and fully functioning. So, um, just to wrap up, Notre Dame, New Mexico, fun day for uh, all the new guys and looking out and seeing Braden Lindsay out there. I couldn't. I don't know why I didn't know that was immediately Braden Lindsay, the really fast guy running down the field, yeah. but I'd forgotten about him. I mean, he really. What did I say? That would be under eight catches, right? About a month ago. And he's got it, two. Braden Lindsay is <laughs> yeah, he's he's such a weird uh, player in the sense that it seems like he's been here forever. And he's a Richard. But Richard. he has third, four, I, I don't know, what's a career of 52 games. He's played two. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like the dude has a lot of football left to play. Um, it just seems like we've been waiting on something like that to happen for a long time. Yeah, and that not, he wasn't an early entry, but that I think that happens more and more to us now sure. with the early entry guys because a lot of times I'm looking at a guy saying he's a, he's a redshirt freshman. No, he's a true freshman. He was here in the yeah. spring. So uh, I'm sure you guys will help me keep that straight. All right, we'll be back. Segment two, burning up the boards. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burning up the boards, brought to you by Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest vacation rental company, with a 1,000 weekend home rentals close to Notre Dame Stadium, available for Fighting Irish Game Days. Irish Illustrated readers and listeners get $100 off their booking with the promo code IRISH2019. Six home games remaining for Rent Like a Champion here during the 2019 season. We start with a question from BL Casper. So where was Kyron Williams most of the game? There's three questions here, so let's just start with that. The... I thought we'd get more from Kyron Williams, too. That was one of my surprises for the game. I, yeah. Like, I think in the three things I wanted to watch within the game was how much Kyron Williams played was one of them. Uh, the defensive ends, whether they would keep bring more to the table, uh, was, was really one of the other big ones. And Kyron Williams, I thought, for sure, was going to get a whole lot of work, and he didn't. But it was Sebo Flemister instead. But he only seven got seven carries, carries for you know? minus two yards. Well, who had? I mean, Jones Tony had Jones had six. six. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. I mean, there weren't that many to go around. You think there would be? You think there'd was, be more to go around? Kyron Williams wasn't he the leading rusher among running backs? I'll tell you what happened. Who? Kyron Williams? Yeah, because he had a fourteen-yard yeah, carry. He had a fourteen-yard yeah. carry. But I'll tell you what happened. Twenty-six yards. If you don't run the ball well with your offensive line, doesn't block well. You don't run the ball a lot. Yeah, that's true. And that's what I think happened. Uh, the second question, uh, which we had uh, stated today by Brian Kelly, also. Why did Phil Dracovic only play one series? Thigh contusion going in. <laughs> got hit a few times, and uh, they had seen enough. And remember, they need him if the book goes down. Right. Loved his 23-yard run. Yeah, that was his, well, the beautiful Bob was obviously his best play. But that 23-yard run was what we thought Phil Dracovic could do mm-hmm. to help win games when he has to go in. Yeah. I suggested that maybe the gap between, and people, <laughs> they don't want to hear this, but maybe the gap between Phil Dracovic and Brendan Clark isn't that great. He's such a good runner, it's got to be. I, I would think so. And at least now he's just playing, you know? I mean, you just... He's not I a sudden he'd... runner, though, is he? Like, when, when he does the... He wasn't running away from anybody when he was faking the read option and keeping it. It's like, it's when he puts his mind to it to go north-south, he's a load and he runs through arm tackles. He didn't really impress me when he kept the ball in those read options, though. He wasn't running away from anyone. I was surprised by that. I thought he would just turn corners from what we saw. You know what I'm talking about? There's, he's read options. He's running left. There's guys chasing him down. It's an almost a sack. It's yeah. I thought he'd look quicker. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what my expectation was there. And then the last question: How much do you expect from J- Javon McKinley moving forward? I think quite a bit. I mean, I think he's he's their number four receiver clearly now. Um, you know, I thought that. Oh yeah. When we're watching yeah. games or practices, you can tell what the coaches think by how they use their personnel. And when McKinley came in with Claypool and Fink in the third quarter, that was all I needed to know about how the coaches felt about Javon McKinley. They felt like 
this might be a better option than Keys, Fink, Claypool. Um, and, you know, whether it's trying to get the running game going, you know, if you stick Komet out there with that group, um, so you're, it's kind of, I think, a principle that they tried to work last year. Is there's a 5'9 corner somewhere, right. and so let's just stick yeah. out all our big dudes and, and figure out where that short corner yeah. is. And even if the corner's 5'11", you still have a tremendous right. height advantage. The follow-up to that from uh, at Joseph Ramos. Do you think Javon McKinley can now start so they can move Chris Fink back to the slot? I just think Keyes and Finley will both play a lot now. The starting, the starting, what package you use really doesn't matter at the beginning. I mean, I think they're going to come out in 31 personnel against Georgia. Because if you load the box, I mean, if you bring out 12 package against Georgia, I don't think you can run the ball on them. Yeah, no. not, so I, I don't know why you would do it. I, mm. I like Tremble out there more than than right, right against Georgia. Well, I thought it was interesting how much Tremble played and how much they asked him to block. It's like they were accelerating the pace here. We need you out here, so you need to start blocking better. I don't. Uh, I haven't read your tale of tapes. So I don't know if you got into Brock Wright at all, but I, as a blocker, that's it, it. Doesn't feel like that's happening in the way that I thought that would. It's I not. Ha- they're not. Tremend- use, they're not using him, or he's not. Blo- he's not, not blocking, blocking well. Um, I thought he would be a tremendous asset in the run game, and I'm not seeing that. Maybe because of the lost weight? He's 12, 15 pounds lighter? I don't, I don't know. It's know. hard to say. All I know is my observation from re-watching the game was, how did he lose weight living with Hainsey and hanging out with the offensive lineman if you saw the I can tell you what, but your tail of the tape if you don't remember this. all It's in positional positional bullets or positional uh, segments right now? Yeah. You didn't mention Brock Wright or the tight ends. I did not. I No, I, no, I mentioned Other than Tremble. No, I, no I went, Brock Wright. You all Tremble. It was Tremble, I, Tremble, I did, Tremble, Tremble, I Tremble. Didn't, I didn't mention so Brock Wright. So that says a little bit I mean, about Brock Wright's game, probably. You know, you can, in the tail of the tape, you can mention anything you sure, want, what, sure. what you don't want. I just didn't. I mean, I just didn't. Well, there was nothing great or nothing bad there, Exactly. Right? That, I didn't think the there, there was anything there. Um uh, Still with uh, Joseph Ramos's question, or would you prefer Lawrence Keyes stays the starter Maybe just for keeping him mentally, why not start him? Javion McKinley can go in the second series or the middle of the first series, you know? The one thing they've not been doing, and they may have to do this against Georgia, is um, changing personnel much in series. They mm-hmm. go in 31, they continue 31. They go in 12, they continue 12. Now, if you have third and 12 and you're in two tight end package, of course, you might have to change it. But they've been rolling with it. I think it's part of it's the up-tempo. Yeah. So I just think... I like Fink in the slot, so I, don't, I would rather I, right. have McKinley I just, at the I, I don't like Fink at the X. I just I don't think it, now the, you know he and he, they're not married to that. He worked from the slot against New Mexico, yeah. But he had a hard time shaking their safety. He he just this he did weird. he had he, uh, Reed I, uh, Jarek Reed he had a hard time shaking him. So I I you know I don't know, but I just know of all of those scenarios, I don't like Fink at the X. And that was why I asked Brian Kelly about that on Sunday with our teleconference, and it sounds like McKinley's going to get more playing time, and, um, you know, they're going to avoid that. Golden Domer, 73. Do you trust or feel Avery Davis can be a threat from the backfield, or will he simply be used on jet sweeps like the one he scored on against New Mexico? Simply used on jet sweeps. I agree. I don't, I don't see him as between-the-tackles runner at all. Um, you could throw it to him out of the backfield. That's... I think he can sort of give you a uh, more one-dimensional version of Jafar Armstrong, but the receiver version of it, um, or the jet sweep version of it. Like, I think the play that Avery Davis had probably would have gone to Jafar Armstrong if he was healthy, and I'm certainly he would have scored a touchdown on it. But uh, as far as, like, lowering a shoulder and trying to run over a linebacker, that's that's just not his thing. Yeah, I would agree. So that's why he didn't see it, huh? On Saturday, yeah. <laughs> I want to see the conventional. <laughs> that, so that's why, and I, I think you're right. Uh, at JJ Allwine, if you take away the touch pass, Fink has two catches for five yards on the year. Gilman, Elliott, Okwara, Kareem have been mostly quiet. What's going on with these captains? And predict if these guys will rise to the occasion in Athens. Elliott was great. Oh yeah, that's against New Mexico. Elliott is uh, uh, Elliott is such he's so understated sometimes. You know, remember we said after the uh, after the Louisville game, well, he didn't show up much. Right. But that's that's kind of the beauty of the way he plays. He and showed he gets, up this time, right? And he but he gets in passing lanes, and a lot of times it's not a pass broken up per se by him, but it's by getting in passing passing lanes he prevents that pass from being thrown. I have Elliott for a third down pass breakup, a third down stop of the reverse, uh, an interception, 
And also that he was the guy that was there basically to tackle that slip screen that was on third down. Yeah, Jalen Elliott all over is, the place. Jalen Elliott's really good. Gilman maybe has had some missteps, uh, maybe a couple more than we might have thought in the first two games, but I, he's still impactful. And I love the fact that when he blitzes, it's always effective. Yeah, he had a he had a quarterback hurry on third or third or fourth down there near the end of the game. Uh, Okwara, I he's better play great. Against Georgia, I thought Kareem played better than Aquara this last game. I would yes. agree with that, um, and I don't know why Julian Aquara wouldn't play great because nobody could block him the entire yeah. camp we watched. Um, I think you'll see. You, okay, you're not going to see as much quick game from Fromm. Would that be accurate yeah, compared to the other two opponents? They don't need to. They're yeah, it's part yeah, of it. Yeah, no, I mean quick game. Sometimes no. you absolutely have to do it, right? That's you've no other way of moving the ball. But yeah, I mean, like from the standpoint yeah. of three step throw, I, I think he he will more likely be a little bit more conventional and perhaps give Kareem and Okwara a little bit better opportunity to get to him. But then they're going up against a much better offensive line uh, yes, as well. Yes, they are. Andrew Thomas is better than the guy that I don't know in New Mexico. <laughs> Still, <laughs> Or any guy in New Mexico. Yeah. Or any the ones that you know. Even the ones I know. He's better than those guys. All right. at, La, at LaFontaine12, what non-essential player, offense or defense, impressed you the most against New Mexico? I guess your definition of non-essential. is no longer McKinley. He impressed me the most, but now he's essential. Right. But he would be the answer if he going into the game. Yes. He's no longer the answer. Yeah. It's like Kyle Hamilton doesn't count. <laughs> no, for this kind of question. No, <laughs> but uh, Isaiah Foskey would be a oh, non-essential yeah. player, yeah. and I thought he showed up around the ball on At one particular game, yeah. snap. He didn't have that many. Uh, and that's why I say the definition of non-essential. Are we talking about a I mean, Lindsay had a heck of a day. Yeah. He got three plays. That's it. Well, because but now he looks really essential. He does. <laughs> when he, Not Dante Vaughn's my answer. Yeah, he's true. Boy, um, I mean, you just got to feel for know. the kid. He I just don't can't. Know what it, he just can't make a play, man. I mean, he just can't make. He can't make a play. I thought some of the defensive linemen, like even Hunter Spears, did something good, um, and I, I thought he would just be, have an old school red shirt type of season to come back from. So that I mean, that was something. But it's again, it's late. It's garbage time against New Mexico. I yeah. don't want to get. Uh, Get too carried away with that. Uh, let's see, uh, real quickly, other non-essential. They got to play a lot of guys. I mean, I guess you, yeah. you know, Avery, I mean, throw Avery, Bo, I mean Avery, Bo Bauer probably qualifies yeah, sure. right. for this. Yeah, and, and, and certainly Avery Davis, at least up to that point. Denver Maximus, two games now, and the offensive line has not been able to impose its will on less formidable opponents. There has been no push, especially on third and short. The stuffs are piling up like they did last year. Do you see them getting better, even though the meat of the schedule is coming up? Maybe I could add this week notwithstanding. Yeah, could, do you have the stuff's data? I know they had six here? in the first half. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, five extra for Flemister. That's 10, 12, 14, at least 14. And I wouldn't count the garbage time anyway, so 14, because okay. garbage time wouldn't count. Yeah, I, I That's mean, too many against New Mexico. The way Brian Kelly answered the question today, I think he tried to come to Jeff Quinn's defense, but at if you parse his answer, it told you everything you needed to know. Well, he said know. we have to coach better, and he was talking about the offensive line. He said, yeah, and I'm, I was thinking more in terms of we're two games into it, they're where they should be, but but it's not, this is not the end point. Like, it, it, right. it, will, it needs to continue to improve, which to me means they're not where they need to be. They need to get a lot better, and unfortunately – they're not coming. I don't think they're coming into the. I thought they played pretty well against Louisville. Um, right. Oh, well, they had their moments for sure against Louisville. Did not some play pretty well against New Mexico, yeah. and that's just not a not a good time to go to Georgia when you're not feeling no. like you're peaking. No, and the concern as I barely touched upon New Mexico and my point after after the game because you know no, I mean that that was how the Nording fans watched the game with an eye on Georgia. <laughs> well, yeah, I think to. the camera I mean, angle was yeah. pointing at Georgia. <laughs> well, no, we had, we had the, they put the game on in the press box. Yeah. Georgia game the entire uh, time. Virginia has not given up 100 yards rushing yet in three games either. They are going to be probably not as stout defensively up front as Georgia, but they are going to be difficult to run the football against too. If Nordheim struggle against New Mexico, they're going to struggle against Virginia the week after Georgia. Yeah, I, I just list what Pete just said. Kind of a point would be if New Mexico is the first game and Louisville is the second game, I'd feel better about the offensive line. I liked. There's, they did some really good things against Louisville. A lot of the, a lot of the mistakes no, I, against no. Louisville are in book, yep. honestly, and book corrected those mostly. Um, 
He still didn't take some shots downfield. He could have. There was a. Uh, it's like almost the first play of the game. Yeah, the, there was Tremble a was easy like post, right? Streaking yeah. down the middle of the field. I, I mean, it looked like Jafar Armstrong and Fink the first play of the game at right. Louisville. So yeah, I think I didn't. I didn't think. I mean, I, I I feel like sometimes I come to the defense of of Ian Book because I, I mean, I didn't think he got any help from Claypool early in the game. I thought there were. The, the back shoulder throw, Tim, I think you comment on that. He didn't react well to that. No, and Brian walk, Kelly brought that up today without saying Claypool's name. He's like, you know, we might have had a better start if... Right. He, he, I said to you, Claypool, that's a touchdown, right? That should be a touchdown. You have a great start. Seven he, he threw the quick, and it was a it was a deep sideline out to Claypool. Claypool put one hand up. Well, you're, you're, not, you're not going to catch the ball if you put one hand up. Uh, and, 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 and I thought... I mean, he you watched the Georgia game a couple years ago, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. So in this instance, okay. that particular kind of okay. throw is what yeah. I have in my mind. Point, point taken. Point taken. Uh, and then Fink was blanketed on a on an out throw too. He just wasn't open. So you know, I, I think a lot of times fans react to oh, you know, Fink play action rolled to his right and got immediate pressure and he threw it away. Well, what the hell do you expect him to do? What do you expect them to do? Yeah, Brock you... Wright got caught up in that route too with the ref, the one you're talking about. Right, the throw it. Brock Wright was running it. He was running the. Uh, there was an underneath route, but he was running the second level, and he just got caught and up I, with the ref. And I understand the frustration. It's like okay, the play's over, and he just threw it away. But that's not a play. There's nothing he can do in that situation. He can't scramble because he's getting pressured. He can't. I think there was one where. Uh, Claypool broke off the route and ran deep. Well, the guy's in his grill. He can't. He, he can't throw that pass. So, I mean, I thought the Nording offense started slowly. It wasn't. It wasn't just Ian Book. No, that started I, I, slowly. I meant Book against Louisville was the problem. Uh, no, I know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm I not referring to you. I'm referring to a lot of questions. Like, well, you know, just because you're frustrated with the outcome of the play doesn't mean it was the quarterback's fault per se. That's all I'm saying. Mister Yips at running back. Notre Dame has Tony Jones, and that's it. Sebo Flemister and Kyron Williams are not ready. These are a lot of declarative sentences coming to you. I can't see us rushing for more than 50 yards at running back next week. How do we keep Georgia honest? Will it be Avery Davis and Braden Lindsay jet sweeps, double tight ends? What? I think Ian Books can probably have to throw it 40, 45 times. Yeah, I would agree. And they never win those games, so I know. that's a problem. Well, I know, I know. I'm if just... they run it 55 times, they'll have 62 yards. Like, it's not... I don't see a way for Notre Dame to have a... An efficient run game. I mean, their offensive line is not playing that well. R- running back, unfortunately, is this is what you got. Jafar Armstrong is hurt, and your recruiting has not been good. Uh, I mean, if if you just rank the running backs in this game one to eight, it would be Georgia, 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 <laughs> Georgia, and then Notre Dame. The guy that's not there. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be, then it'd be injured Notre Dame, and then oh available God. Notre Dame. Well, Mister Upset uh, says he can't see Notre Dame rushing for fifty yards of running back. They didn't do that against New Mexico. Even with Mick Asaf getting eight yards, they had forty-nine. The running backs had forty-nine yards rushing. He really almost Mexico. got that first down by himself. Speaking of not getting blocked for, Who, uh, Mick Asaf gave his all to get that. Should be a good week on mix mix tape. Yes, mix, that's mix true. Tapes will, it'll, I wrote that in tail of the tape. You'll see that. Huge, Absolutely, it's gonna be, he's got plenty to talk about. Huge <laughs> thing to, for Notre Dame's uh, rushing attack would be one long run. One long run would help Notre Dame tremendously because that could get them points. They need something out of that rushing attack. An explosive though. play. An explosive yeah. play, yeah. Which they had a probably going to be to the outside. Well, yes, it will be. Well, and I would, you know, I mean, if you're going to do jet sweeps, you might as well go ahead and do the shovel pass because you're probably going to get some push against that offensive line. And if you shovel it and it's incomplete, then it's, in, I mean, if it's not grabbed or yeah. caught, then it's incomplete. So I think. Look, it's not going to be easy. Any Davis, too, with the O-line not pushing people around and continued poor tackling on defense, is there any reason to question the strength and conditioning? No. I don't, ha- I don't have any reason to question, no. at this point, Matt Bayless. Look at it this way. Javon McKinley has become a player under two years of Matt Bayless. Like, they're get Braden Lindsay is now able to get on the field because of a year and a half under Matt Bayless. He couldn't he couldn't come I, close to the playing field. I think last it's year. A, I, when you when you try to come up with an answer why they're struggling. I think it's a perfectly legitimate question. Sure. Oh yeah. But I, I but no is a perfectly legitimate I think, answer. I think right. no is the correct answer. Yeah, I, I I don't trace it back to that at all. Now if you're if you're all 
breaking down in November like they used to do in 2014 and 15, then that's when you first start looking at strength and conditioning. If nobody, and by breaking down, I don't mean freak injuries. I mean, like, wow, they're really giving up more rounds yeah, rushing I think now. Yeah. The first year with Bayless, they really labored in November. Um, maybe that was a sign that they they just needed, like, you can't just be like, well, one off season, we're great. Yeah. Um, you know, they needed to build that up, but I think that they have. And I don't see a reason why they can't move people off the ball if they're playing with the right technique all the time. So we don't have the answer about the O line is what we're telling. I just Andy know that, I just think it's not Matt Bayless. No, I agree. I would. I don't, I, I, I don't we're, we're in agreement there. JP nine one seven six one. Sorry, Tim. One. <laughs> this is all one of ten on third down against New Mexico. <laughs> great question. It is a question. It is phrased as a question. Not great. <laughs> question mark. You know, and I, I. I mean, I asked Brian Kelly about that, and he said, you know, a lot of times third down is set up to go for it on fourth down. That's what people are doing. And I agree with that. I don't know exactly how many of those instances that happen. But I do know this. If you're one for ten on third down, you're doing lousy on first and second down. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I think after the game I wanted to see how good or bad they were on second down because um, I thought maybe that maybe they were just sort of getting behind the chains. And I didn't really find that to be the case at all. Um, They're great on first down. Yeah, yeah, I just – I think – I don't know what – to say on were third, they great on first? Time? I mean, they scored touchdowns. Oh, they had, they had like nine I, touchdowns okay. in the game. So yeah, they were. Like, I mean, yeah. they were good on. They were certainly good on first down. Even even when the offense was not killing it, like in the second quarter, it's not like their first down offense was okay. terrible. Um, but it's like how many and twos and three and one have, have they missed they so have, far? They were one of three at Louisville. Um, you know, Tony Jones was. Stop for a one-yard gain on third and two to start the game. Um, third and one, they got stopped. Jones again this game. Um, yeah, Jones had – so Smith got stuffed twice last game. Jones once or twice. I guess Flemister had a bunch, but that was at the end of this game too. I don't really take that line as much into consideration. Flemister at the end of the game. Um, but they have not been good in third and short. And as we talked about walking here, Ian Book's got to be better at quarterback sneaks than he was on his quarterback sneak that got it. But that's not all his fault either because he's getting people shoved back into his – he's getting his center shoved back into yeah, him. Jared tra- Patterson was snapped into him. <laughs> he couldn't do anything. Which, uh, which, which was this? At which, the goal line? The Which play? Which down? They scored on it. They it scored, was, but it was, it was the, the Brock and Wright run. tackling Ian Book into the end zone play. Yeah. Jared Patterson snaps the ball, and as the ball is moving, he is also being thrown straight back into Ian Book. I thought, I actually, I thought Patterson got a pretty good block on third down, but not book, on fourth but down. Book didn't, but Book didn't get in. So you know, he's going to have to be good at quarterback sneaks against Georgia. Book because he's going to have a lot of third and ones where you don't want to hand off to Tony Jones. It's funny how you can hear uh, when you're when you're watching when I'm watching the replay, you can hear the crowd being unsettled with. You know, a, a book incompletion or getting stopped on, you know, takes them four cracks yeah. to gain three yards. You can just, you can hear that buzz in the stadium, the frustration of. It was a one and a half quarters of thinking, why does this offense look so non threatening? And then all of a sudden they were scoring touchdowns left and right. So you don't, you don't come away from the game with that, except you bring it to the Georgia game because you think yeah. of the offense. Someone line. was uh, tweeting at me, I can't believe you picked them to score 60 points in this game. What are you, some kind of idiot? <laughs> There you go. They they actually said this. (laughs) And then in the fourth quarter, he's like, I was the one that sent this tweet to you, and I am sorry. Good for him. That's good. I didn't even get get to retweeting him. By the way, for the record, uh, commending Samson for being the only one that picked over uh, 60. I didn't didn't have the guts to pull the trigger with Ball State in mind from last year. It would have been 80 had they been efficient in the first quarter. (laughs) I had 54. Would you have? 52. Uh, The same as Chuck Freebie, 52-13 on our pregame show. I had 63, and they went over that. Nice. Wow. ND Band 94. What do you see that Notre Dame needs to do to solidify the rush defense against what should be the best offensive line running backs they should face all year? I will remove the two shoulds for him right now. (laughs) Georgia appears to be more run right at you than option. Would that make it easier for the defense to prepare for Georgia? From a preparation standpoint, I I think that's a good point. I think it it is a little bit easier to prepare for, but here's the problem. (laughs) I mean, the question, do you, what does Notre Dame need to do to, to solidify the rush defense against which, which should be a great offensive line? It's not like you can press a button and solidify it. You can, you can put more guys in the box, which I think is a question which we will uh, 
uh, wait to answer, but... I think there'll be one thing that's different. Okay, what's that? I don't think they're going to rotate as heavily inside because I don't think Lacey's ready. As, he, doesn't, he shouldn't be. I'm not saying anything bad about Lacey. He's an 18-year-old. I don't think... He's got to spell Heinrich at some points, but I don't think you can rotate Franklin and Cross in at all in this game. And they rotated into this contest against New mm. Mexico. I think you got to go four guys down the whole time. I like the way Jason Adamalo was playing and Myron. Yeah. And I just think you need Heinrich to play more snaps than he has been playing because I think it's going to be a hard go for Lacey. Oh, Lacey, obviously, he can't play 70 snaps. Heinrich. No, he but, I mean, you cannot yeah. rotate Franklin and Cross he's, in against these can guys. Can you cross-train MTA at nose? I have no, I have no I idea. If I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just, you're looking for solutions. It's Yeah. I, I mean, I, their nose tackles are not playing very effectively right now. Um, you know, whereas uh, Tiger Valoa, Mosa, and are they are and, and Adamiola are. are. So you know, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just throwing that out. It, I mean, the two most productive interior defensive linemen have been your your two three techniques. I can't. I can't. But just I mean, that's how defenses work, though, right? No, it's true. But I don't. But Heinish is not Heinish is not getting off blocks. He's not getting any push. He's I think getting, that Heinish probably made more plays last year. Like, I wouldn't say I would. I don't think at any point last year we would describe him as a playmaker per se. But he, he I was did, around I, the ball and like made some plays. Right, right, exactly. You know, I mean, I was I was seeing his praises all last year, and it's still early. And oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. George is not probably not the opponent to break through against. But um, man, they're just in. I'm looking for Jacob Lacey to. To really impact a play, it's hard for an eighteen-year-old to impact I know a play it at is. nose tackle. I, I know mean, it is, but this is the world that we're living. It in. is, it is, and uh, at least they're healthy inside going to this game. That was one thing we talked about all of spring. What if one of those guys is missing? Well, they're not. You're at least have all hands on deck defensively, right? Right. There's nothing missing defensively. You have, the defense is supposed to be the interior. The linebackers were supposed to be the weak link, but the defense is supposed to be very good with your outstanding all-American ends and your all-American safeties and a good corner. They're all healthy. They got to rise to the occasion. Notre Dame's offensive line is not as good as we thought it would be, and it's not as good as Brian Kelly hoped let it me, would be. Let, let me just say this: Why is Chris Sims saying three or four times during a broadcast that it's this. a great offensive? It's a great offensive, a great offensive mm-hmm. line, and they're coached really, really well. What are you basing that upon? Or are you just doing like a lot of other people and just saying words? <laughs> Because that's all; those are damn words. That's all that is. They're not a great offensive line right now. You can't say that they are. No one, what, what, no one what, can look through film. No meeting. But he no, said a pregame, so he came. He came out of the Louisville game, and they, I would agree. They're they, good. They, they, no, they did. They were they good were against good. Louisville. But to say it's a great offensive line and that they're, they they're they're coached really really well, what the hell are we basing that upon? I just don't understand that. Dashing Domer, if Nordham contains or shuts down DeAndre Swift, do you think they can win the game? If is that happens, there, yeah. Well, the other guy. Well, is there, other, any, is there any bigger factor than being reasonably effective against Georgia's run game? I understand where the question, the point of the question, because if you don't, if you, yeah, I mean, if you, if you don't stop their running game, you're done. Right. You're done. Because from, I mean, then he's picking and choosing, and his numbers have been good, even though they've been killing people with the running game. There is no bigger factor than being reasonably effective. That's a great way of putting it. Yep. Reasonably effective, where you're like, you know what? There's a third and two stop. Then Georgia scores a touchdown the next drive. There's a third and three right. stop, See, and they kick a, a field good, goal. You and know, that's, that's a good point, and that's the reason not to always put a rushing number on no, it. No, no, it's it timely. You need to right. make timely could, stops they when they don't rush score. For, they could rush for 212 yards, but you make They're going to rush for 212 yards. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, they, they could rush. I don't know the number. Don't put a number on it because okay. it's going to be scary. They could rush for a yeah. lot, but yeah. you make a couple key third and fourth down stops. And it negates the yardage. The yardage just becomes a number then. Yeah. I If they stop DeAndre Swift, that's great. The problem is then they can throw out Arian or Zeus White or... Uh, yeah, no, they, they've got Cook. some other... They absolutely uh, have some other running backs. Kenny McIntosh is... Like I'd like to see back. Swift not in the open field, though. Oh, well, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, so that's my... Yeah, it's a good question. They're reasonably effective. You just Swift, have to make plays. Swift lives in the open field. <laughs> He's taking up he's taking up residence I keep in the thinking open of the field. cutting idiots Alabama and I don't want to watch the game anymore. But uh yeah, I think Notre Dame's rush defense can make plays. They are not going to have a great day. 
but you can make play. You have good players. You can make plays. Like you have enough good players to make plays that keep the points down. This is the old school. Keep the points down in this game. You're not shut. There is no chance this game mirrors the Georgia game from two years ago. None. I totally agree. I mean, if it does, that's good for Notre Dame. It is, but it's not going to do that. Okay, that's not, yeah, not happening. Yeah. Okay. Jim underscore Booney underscore CRS. And I mentioned this. Will the defense stack the box, box against Georgia in an effort to stymie Georgia's ground game? I think they're going to have to, they're going to, have to do that. They're going to have to gamble with it. Um, and I think that anyone who sort of casually looks at this game would say, like, yes, Notre Dame has to stack the box to stop the run game. However, when Brian Kelly is asked, what makes Georgia just better than everybody else, and he starts with a quarterback, they're yeah. like, well, okay, stacking the box might not be the way to go, but I, I just don't know what other option they have. If you haven't watched Fromm since the last time he played Notre Dame in his first career start, he is different. <laughs> uh, he's a very confident, accurate quarterback that although they have lost some games to Alabama, he played great. He has beaten Auburn in an SEC championship game. He's beaten Oklahoma in a playoff game. He's lost two to Alabama, of course, because people tend to do that. Um, there, he's never lost at home, and I was writing down their point totals, and it's all over thirty-five at home against you, anybody of any value. You have to risk Jake Fromm beating you. If they, if that's how they beat you, then that's how they beat you. He's got a young receiving. He's got very inexperienced yeah. receiving core. That's. You know, now three games into it and has done some good things now. So you have three good safeties and two good corners. Right. Right? Yes. So you're going to, I mean, every, everybody on a defense has to play one of the best games they've ever played. Terry Benedict, two games into the season, what are your two words to describe this team? Pretty good. Third tier. And I don't think that's different than before the season. Because one tier is Clemson and Alabama. Yeah, and then you're into the Ohio State, Georgia, Oklahoma. Right. Maybe I'll see another they've won that game. And Notre Dame. And then Notre Dame. I just hope they're at the higher end of the third tier. You know, I typed up this question and didn't prepare an answer for it. <laughs> I thought you put this in there because it was your favorite question. No, I didn't prepare I, 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 You can use a couple extra words. No, I mean, I guess I would stuff. say not just, I'm, I'm not going to say, not sure. I, I, I just, we just don't, we don't really know exactly yeah, what no, this I, team you know, it's like after every game, it's like, would you change your prediction for the end of the season? I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. I'm I'm pretty convinced that they're going to be two and one after this game. I'm very convinced they're going to be two yeah. and one after this game. But it doesn't change third tier for me. I just I don't want them to be the back of the third tier or fourth tier. Like that would be a disappointment. Okay. You know what I mean? What's like, fourth tier? Eight and four. Fourth tier is you go to Orlando. Third tier is you go to the Cotton Bowl. Right. I want the. I think their 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 talent and coaching should be third tier. Yep. And schedule. They sh- they should stay in that. They have to overcome what what somehow is not. Yes. And the Cotton Bowl is not part of the playoffs. Right. 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 <laughs> right. 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 Uh, Mortimer won after watching Notre Dame's lack of a running game against New Mexico and the inability to stop their running game. What would you each honestly set the betting line at for the Georgia game? What's the over under total on? Total rushing yardage for Notre Dame and Georgia. Let's start with the rushing yardage. For both of them? Uh, over under total rushing yardage for Notre Dame and Georgia. I guess that's combined? Well, like rushing yardage in the game. I don't know if that's going to be indicative of anything. Do it separate. Uh, Notre Dame. Include book. Of course, you have to. 75 yards. That's a good line. That's about where I am. Yeah. Georgia. 200. I'll go over. Yeah, I'll definitely go over. I, I mean, as far as this doesn't setting, have to be a painful over. You know, it can yeah. be like a two as you, as we talked about. You can make some plays other than the, that they got two hundred yards rushing yeah, or three hundred. It, it, um, it could be well. It could be well over two hundred. So the betting line is hard to do because we know it. It opened at ten and a half, right? It's now. Eleven and a half. I think I was wrong. That I started at thirteen. And yeah, and a half. I think I was wrong. I think no, I was no, wrong about okay, last up to night. Nine. I thought at 13 and a half. Because I put this on the board, I believe I got the line. I looked at the line it covers, and I think they just kept up the preseason line. So I think it opened at 13 and a half. It shows opening 10 and a half right now on covers, but that means the summer. Because <laughs> if you really start clicking on things, it shows June 24th or something like that. 
So I think it started at 13.5, which is great, because you're going to get a lot of people betting both ways. Every Notre Dame fan in the world thinks they can stay close to that, and people that don't respect Notre Dame think that's a two-touchdown win and pretty easy. All right, so what if it's 14.5? That's probably the best place to put the line. That's, where kind, I that's what, what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's, it's, I would go under two touchdowns, but certainly over double digits. So sort of like your little window. Yeah. 12 and a half, 13 and a half. <laughs> um, and that was, O'Malley and I sent him a text about this last night. I'll give a little uh, betting trivia for uh, Priester here. <coughs> Notre Dame. Oh, I saw it. Oh, well, say, then you know the answer. Say it. Okay, well. Well, don't tell me if you saw it. You could have been a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So in the last 20 years, including this season, Notre Dame has been a double-digit underdog 24 times. Notre Dame is four and twenty in those games, and I asked people if they could name the four wins. I saw them. Uh, well, they were double digit Oklahoma, right? Yep, correct. That's that the was, last one by was, Brian Kelly. Yeah, that was one of them. They are. Well, he knows the answer. Yeah, I know the answer. So there's no. But the um, the, the problem here is no, we're, I know, we're, we're moving, le- leaving the listener hanging moving, here. Yeah, moving it's, ahead, it's moving Mich- on. Mich- Michigan 04. Uh, the home game after BYU. Oh, uh, Florida like, State, 2002. And they bludgeoned them. That was a fun game, oh, by the way. Geez. And the biggest upset in the last 20 years. <laughs> Your favorite game and Pete's favorite game. UCLA, 2007. <laughs> oh, a 21.5-point spread. A did, game we have talked about more than any other for I no did, reason. Yes. M- m- uh, I did see your yeah. McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Any, I did any see time you can work McLeod Bethel-Thompson into something, you should. Or he was as I the say worst, Bethel McLeod-Thompson. He was one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in that game. And he played the pro. pros for nine Unbelievable. years. Unbelievable. We shouldn't scout quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> I think 14.5 is the most interesting line there. And it... It probably won't get bet to that, will it? I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, we're going to wrap up. Uh, CMU we got a lot of fans. Georgia coming up on Thursday, too. Yeah. So. What player other than Ian Book needs to be the team MVP on Saturday to win versus Georgia? Now, he said what player. He didn't say players. Right. <laughs> I think it needs to be players. but I do, too. But uh, because of impact on the game, I'll go with Julian Aquara. That's what I would go to with too. If he is wrecking, because if he's that's that's like a Austin Bryant Cotton Bowl type of yeah. performance, and you can still give up yards, and he can yeah, but make all the he'll plays, make some yeah. negative plays that force Georgia to punt. Um, I think that's a good answer. I, I I would like to pick an offensive lineman, but I don't know which one I would pick. I guess on the edges you would say, but I'm going to say Tagovailoa Mosa because I think they need to be they really need to be stout between the ends, between the tackles. Um, and that's going to be very difficult. Not, not Bramblet. <laughs> MTA is really, really trending. When he's good, he's really good. I was impressed with him yeah. quite a bit. Now, when he's, he's good, he's really good. And that's uh, there's one play where I thought that looked like Tillery. Was it early on when he hit the square the no, guy up? Yep, exactly, exactly. So that's we know we know he can do that. We'll see how consistently he can do that. Um. We will be talking all Georgia on, on Thursday as if we weren't already here. What do you have there? Podcast is Wednesday. Oh, thank you. We are uh, recording the podcast on Wednesday because O'Malley is going back to his old stomping grounds yes. a little bit early. In the are you going? Where, where are you going to be in Atlanta? Yeah, we're be Atlanta. early then. Yeah. yeah, great. Ten years in Atlanta. My wife was not my wife then, but lived there for five years as well. So we'll enjoy it. It's yes. ninety four in Atlanta today. It's going to be ninety six on Tuesday. It's going to cool off to a chilly eighty nine. I think by. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday. No sport coats there. possibly on incident analysis. I'm thinking linen, linen I'm thinking I'm thinking polo shirts, man. I'm thinking polo shirts. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back on Wednesday. It's time to start planning your trip to Notre Dame. Rent like a champion is South Bend's largest vacation rental company with over 1,000 weekend home rentals available close to Notre Dame Stadium. Head to rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated to get $100 off your booking when you use the promo code IRISH2019. That's rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated promo code IRISH2019.